What does the average week look like for you? Sure, it may start with church on a Sunday morning, but by Monday, can any of us remember what the sermon was about? We spend so much of our time on just making it through the week, helping our children with online school, balancing our job and our family life, finding time for our spouse or our significant other. But most of what we do related to our faith is crammed into about 80 minutes on a Sunday. Did you know that in a week there are 10,080 minutes? If we're spending only 80 of those focusing on our faith, what are we doing with the other 10,000? That's what this podcast is all about. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 10,000 Podcast, where we want to bring God into your 10,000 minutes each and every week. My name is Sawyer Trapp, and I'm our associate pastor here at Arise Church Denver, and I'm joined, as always, by your lead pastor, Matt Wolf. Hey, everybody. It's uh, great to have you guys joining us today. Um, we love you guys, and, and we're glad that you uh, listen to this podcast, and hopefully it does really help that you take some steps in your faith. In, in fact, you know, we, we often go dive deeper into what we talked about on Sunday or take it a little bit different angle from mm-hmm. our messages, yeah. and we love hearing from you guys. I got a uh, text from someone in our church this week after I encouraged people, challenged people to ask not what your companions can do for you, but what you can do for your companions. And one of the challenges was if you're thinking about someone, because that was the first one, the, the first letter T in our yep. team was to think of others first. So I said, if you think of someone, just text them. So someone did that in our church, a lady did that in our church and then texted me and it was really cool. She um, said, I'm, I'm pulling it up here on my phone, but um, she said, Hey, I, I did that. I, I texted my friend that I hadn't talked to in months. And they said, I'd love to chat um, because I'm having some issues with some of my kids and I'd love to talk with someone about it and get some wisdom. So it was just like perfect timing for this other person. And that's what I said often happens. You'll text this person. And they're like, Oh, thank you for texting. Thank you for calling because I'm going through this rough thing. And even if you're not, I mean, it still gives the person a little bit of encouragement. Oh, someone was thinking of, of me. So yeah, I, I think- thank you for sending that text to me. Uh, and I always love hearing from you guys uh, on, on those things, the steps of faith you're taking or questions you have or cool things going on in your lives. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, if, if you've ever been on the receiving end of one of those texts, you know how it feels. And just to deliver that to other people, even if everything is going great in their life, is just it just makes everybody it makes their day better. Sure. It, yeah, and, and that's what, yeah. Virtually no downside. <laughs> I guess the worst downside is they'll be like, uh, who is this? Or I don't know. But either worst case scenario, it opens the door, you know? So. Yeah, you may have, you may be like, oh, I don't have this number saved. Who is this? Yeah. <laughs> what we've talked a hundred times. And even if the person has changed their number, they're like, thank you so much for texting. I remember last year I texted someone like that and they're like, because uh, I said, hey, this is Pastor Matt. And they're like, this isn't who you think it is, but could you please pray for this? And I was like, <laughs> done. I will pray for you, stranger, and that situation going on in your life. So it, it, it works out. I mean, there's no downside. There's no right. Downside. Um, but yeah, the question so, is, is. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, is what I was going to say is that that is already assumes that we have people in our life that we're thinking of, that we're caring mm-hmm. about, right? Yes. And as you touched on in your message, which I thought was great with those series of tweets, if you haven't had a chance to listen or watch Matt's message, really encourage you to do that on our YouTube or on our message podcasts. 
but you were talking about that that one of Jesus's uh, miracles that we don't talk about was having 12 friends in his 30s. <laughs> yes. And I know we can point out that it was actually 11. Um, but <laughs> well, um, Judas was his friend for a while. I mean, I think it just shows that, you know, friends sometimes stab each friend. other in the back and, and give themselves up and, and get 30 coins. Maybe not that specific, but like, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it stinking hurts. But if Jesus no. had a friend betray us, when we go through that, we're like, okay, Jesus couldn't even have 12 great friends that stood, stood by him for all the time. So neither can I expect that. <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, that's just such a good point. I talked about it some on Sunday, but it is so hard to make friends and keep friends as an mm-hmm. adult. Um, it, it's easier as kids. I think like my theory is because you have to, as a kid, you get thrown into this group of 30 new kids every year um, that your parents just drop you off. And it's like seven hours a day, eight day, or five days a week. You have to be there and spend time with these people. You have to have friends or else you're not going to survive. Right. So you, you have to do it. But then as you get older, it gets more and more difficult. People have less and less time, more and more kids, more and more obligations. Mm-hmm. So there's less time to just randomly meet people and, and have friends. I, One of the services I, I talked about, hey, wouldn't it be nice if there was an app that you could just like swipe right and be like, oh, this guy, man, he looks awesome. I want to hang out with him. He looks cool. <laughs> um, it, swipe Friender? left on this one. Eh. Friender, maybe? What's what that? Think? We could start it. We could like start, call it like Friender or something. Friender? Yeah. And yeah. Like somebody's going to be like, friend. Matt, there is an app like that. Okay, probably. There probably yeah, is an probably app. Probably so. That. But the point is, it's it's harder, and people don't usually actively look for it, though maybe we should. We mm-hmm. should be actively looking for friends. So... Um, it's hard and it gets harder as an adult. You have more obligations. You have more things on your plate and people ever, I think everybody just assumes everybody has enough friends. They don't have time for me. Um, Yeah. And nobody has enough friends. One of the most interesting things I've discovered here in Denver is just walking around. Melissa and I have met people and started talking with people in our neighborhood and they'll be like, I'm so glad to talk with you. I need some friends. I just moved here. And I loved how people, how honest people are about it because it's really hard to make new friends, especially if you're new to a city, new to a church, new to a community, new to a workplace. You're like, how do I make friends? Right. Even- and we, we know how important friendships are. There's been so much, so much research um, inside of the church and outside of the church on the value of friendships. Um, as you listed, a lot of those reasons um, and benefits of going to church flow out of not only the religious elements of church, but just having a community of people around you, people that care about you, people that know what's going on in your life. And actually, as as Matt and I were kind of talking through this, we were talking through the idea of Dunbar's number. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're unfamiliar with this, this comes from a uh, anthropologist, a British anthropologist in the late 90s, Robin Dunbar, who basically did a lot of studies on the size of our brains mm-hmm. and looked at the value of relationships in people's lives. And he's come up with this huge theory of basically that we have four different groups of people in our lives. So we have close friends, people that basically know everything about us, very uh, invested in our relationships. And he says that on average, we have about maybe five of those in our life. And we have mm-hmm. five close friends. And then as we move out a little bit further, we have what's called either your um, network or your super family. That these are the 
about 15 or so people that we can turn to um, when we're going through difficult times, people we turn to for sympathy, people who um, maybe uh, we have um, our kids play together or um, people that you can turn to like your family members. Maybe they are your family or maybe they're your family just through relationship. Um, so we have 15 or so of those. And then we have a larger network that's our clan. These are the 50 people that we interact with on a regular basis. Maybe they don't know everything that's going on in our life, but we still are friends with them. We recognize them. We care about them. And then what he pushes it to is this idea of our tribe, which is about 150 people. And I don't know about you, and not to brag or anything, but I have a good amount of friends on Facebook, right? <laughs> And it is, I, I, I was trying to look quick before this. It's about 700 or so, right? But I don't, like, those are people that I was, like, went to college with that were in my dorm or some people from my high school or people that I knew a long time ago or, like, some of my parents' cousins. <laughs> and, like, I don't know, like, some of these people, like, I don't really, I've never met them in person. And if I did, it was when I was, like, one or two. And so, like, it's not those people. But we do have, like, about 150 people in our life that we know that we interact with on a regular basis that can become this larger network of people. And so if you're listening to this right now, you're saying great sociology lesson, Sawyer, but why does that matter? And here's why it matters. Because right now, it's ironic that we have so many friends, right? Quotes, if this isn't a video podcast, but I just put up quotes when I said that. Friends, right? We have people that we follow online, we have influencers that we follow online. We have maybe YouTubers that we watch. And those are people that we see, right? But that there's a difference between relationships that we have online and relationships that we have in life. And actually what Dunbar concludes is that really we can only care and value and really have honest relationship with at most 150 people. And really those close intimate relationships, the family, those close friends, the relationships that we talk about, these companions for the journey of faith really comes down to those 15 and those five people, the super family and those really, really close friends. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Those those numbers do hold out when you look at different tribes all over the, the world, mm -hmm. um, companies, churches. Like most churches are under 200, and really what you're talking about is under 150 because that's just kind of – you have the one pastor kind of at the center of the hub and all the people around it. Like, So you see this in the church world, in the business world, in friend world. Like it's just how it is. So what we're, I think, drawing out of that is you don't need to be friends with everyone because even the people that you look at and their number of friends on Facebook is 5,000 and you're like, oh my gosh, how do you have so many friends? <laughs> um, the reality is, is that no one can have a lot of close friends. Right. So, and whatever you find out is your specific number. And I think it might be worth thinking about and considering who are the, my close friends. But whether you're saying those five super close friends, your 15 relatively close friends, but those numbers in there, I think, are the ones that I'm, I'm talking about and really wanting us to push into for um, the, the people that are our companions on our journey. Because you get beyond that, it's just hard to keep track of people. And it, I mean, we just it's hard. We're, we're already busy. I had one mentor who I think his number was 25, and I truly believe he had a list of 25 people that were his friends and had been his friends for a long time. 
I, mm. I think every once in a while he would maybe take someone off the list because they'd grown apart or they'd moved away and it's just different life stages or whatever. But there was these 25 people. He said, I'm going to focus and keep in touch with these 25 people. I will regularly contact these 25 people. I will know what's going on with these 25 people before I get their Christmas card. Um, I'm going to, <laughs> Yearly, yeah. you know, I'm going to know who they are. I'm going to know who their kids are. And, and so uh, whatever your number is, I think it's important to have that and maybe even to have a list like that because some of us will find, oh, I, I f- felt like I had a lot of friends, but as I made the list, wow, I, I hardly have any right now or I don't have any at all that I would consider those really close friends because I've had just a ton of shallow interactions with people. Um, so wh- whatever it is, I-, I think it's helpful to focus on a number of people and say, this is what I want. And maybe I need one or two more right now because and that's the know, question, right? So if yeah, we, yeah. we know the value of friends, we've mm-hmm. talked about how challenging it is, especially as adults yep. to have those meaningful environments and, and, um, shared connections to build these friendships. How do we actually do it? If we know we need those people, and especially people that are close, that know our lives, how do we do it? Yeah. So C.S. Lewis talks a lot about friendship as one of the four loves in his book, The Four Loves. He has mm. just a great chapter on friendship. If you're going to you know, read anything on friendship, read that. It's, it's great. Um, and one of the things he, he talks about is what, what is friendship? Because all the other types of relationships we have in our lives are a lot more natural. You have family because you're born into a family. It's blood. Like you can't escape your family. So you're always going to have family. Okay. Then you fall in love with someone. That one's a little bit more natural. Yes. You have to work at it for sure. But, but then you get married and then you are married. So you have a covenant commitment and you have kids, which connects you together. So that relationship is is there, right? And you have to work with people (laughs) because you have to have a job, but, but friends are like one of the relationships. You don't even have to have friendships to live a life, maybe not a good life, but you could go throughout your whole life without any friends. So you have to work on it. And and what he talks about with friendship is friendship exists when you meet another person. And as you begin to talk with them, you say, you too. He Mm. says that friendship is a love of the minds because it's two people who think alike. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I didn't know anybody else thought that way. I didn't know anybody else. Um, you know, love the Fast and Furious movies as much as I do, um, whatever that thing is. Like, <laughs> and, and they're like, so it could be hobbies, it could be interests, it could be books, movies. Uh, there's a whole list of things it can be, but it's someone who thinks similarly to you, and you make that connection. You're like, oh, awesome. So, w- with friendship, it, it can begin naturally like that, but then you have to work on it and develop it from there. So, what I would just encourage you, if you're at the point where you're like, I just need some new friends, it's well, maybe get in a community group. Hey, those are starting this week. That's a great mm-hmm. place to meet some people. Um, go to church. Start hanging out with with people. Start serving somewhere in the church because you're already going to share faith. So you're probably going to be thinking alike with these other people. But as you do that, you'll start talking to people and, and ask them about what their interests are. Ask them what they love for their hobbies. Ask them what type of movies they like. Oh, do you like to read? What kind of books do you like to read? Oh, you don't like to read? Me too. I, I've never liked reading. Um, what, whatever the thing is, just you have to ask questions to draw this out of people. Now, you may do that and find, wow, we don't have anything that there's a strong connection on. That's okay. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Try another person. Go hang out with them. 
and, and then start asking questions again. It's almost like dating, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost like friend dating. Ha- have you ever done that, Sawyer? Just like we're going to hang out. Have you ever done it with another couple? Yes. It, sometimes it's it works Very really mixed well. results, but yeah, yes. <laughs> it's really hard to do because now we're not just talking about two people. We're talking about four different people. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that like you have all these different points of contact. So it's like, I got along really great with the guy, but you know, Melissa did not get along with the girl <laughs> or we both got along with the other couple, but you know, they didn't get along with so-and-so or, right. you know, I don't like his wife, you know, whatever it is, like it's much <laughs> trickier to do friendship double dates. But sometimes if you can do that, that's great because now you've each got some friends in common and it's going to make it yeah. easier. But, but it is challenging. Can you think of some other ways to uh, start these friendship relationships now that we're adults and it's harder? Yeah, I, I was thinking, I, yeah, I think that being intentional piece is, is really important. And maybe it's, yeah, going out of your way. Um, I think it's really easy for us to um, come into environments and then just, you know, like we arrived at church on Sunday and then we're like out as soon as Matt says amen, you know, Um People are looking for friends, but it's really hard to put ourselves out there. Yep. So we can not only be intentional about um, about looking for other people, but about instigating those conversations, about being like, you know what? I see those people over there. I've never seen them before. I'm going to go talk to them. So like really being intentional both about asking those questions once you're in conversation, but being the person who starts that. I was also going to, th- I was also thinking about what is it about um, school or when, when we're, when we're um, children or teenagers that allows us to make friends? And I think it is those shared experiences. So like mm-hmm. when we're adults, a lot of our lives are kind of separated out. Like, you know, we go to the gym uh, we, or we work out at home or we go to work and then we leave right away or um, we're working from home right now and we're not having those interactions. So creating those environments where you can have shared experiences with people, um, whether that's now, a lot of these are challenging with COVID, with the pandemic. And I think that's, um, yeah, one of the reasons why there's been so much loneliness and disconnected. But like joining um, your housing association with people in your, in your neighborhood, being out in your front yard, talking to people, um, joining a community sports league, um, talking to the um, parents of people at your children's events, um, putting yourself out there, joining... Um, like a social club in your neighborhood or um, connecting with people online. I think that on that um, the digital world is a great resource to create interactions in, um, in the physical world. So looking for um, community organizations, things you're interested in online and um, bridging that gap. Um, there's a lot of different ways, but I think the real, the real when it, um, push is that we have to be intentional about it. Sure. Is that like you said, like, ask not what your companions can do for you, but what you can do for others, that it really has to start at some level with us. Yeah. And, and this does mean you will get rejected. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's hard to get rejected, even if it's just by friends, but you'll be like, hey, you want to go, you know, grab something to eat this week? Hey, I'm free Friday night. Or what are you doing after church on Sunday? After church on Sunday is a great time to make friendships. Um, but, and they might be like, no, no, I'm busy. I can't, whatever. Or they ghost you and they never respond. Yes. Please. (laughs) If you're listening to this, don't ghost anyone. There you go. I would much rather be told, Matt, I really don't like you. 
I don't ever want to see you again or hear from you again. I would prefer that than a ghosting, to be honest. Recently, I thought I was ghosted by someone and they just changed their phone number. Oh, okay. Um, it's, I, I shot them an email. I'm like, I haven't heard from this person in a while. I shot them an email and they responded like immediately back, responded mm. again to another email and then gave me a phone number. And I was like, oh, okay. Now that makes sense. <laughs> Made you feel a little bit better. But we will get rejected is the point. I get rejected as, as, a, as a pastor. Um, so if we're going to get rejected, like we're all going to do it and just get back up and try it again. Mm-hmm. Because as we think about others, they may have something really big going on in their life. They may truly be busy. Um, and who knows what else? Maybe they're just swamped and overwhelmed with something. I, I don't know. So, and, and sometimes things just don't work out and that's okay. There's, there's more people out there. There's more ways to find friends. So I'd say just, just go for it. And the other thing I would say, I love what you said, shared experience. One thing that C.S. Lewis does talk about is how men especially, and I think it goes for women too, that's why I'm saying it, but men especially like to do things shoulder to shoulder, mm-hmm. meaning we're both engaging in the activity. Like I've like gone and unha- hung out with guys, we're going to go to the shooting range. Let's just go shoot some guns. We are shoulder to shoulder, engaged in an activity. We're not actually looking at each other and conversing, um, but we're shoulder to shoulder or, or going on a hike. Man, you could do that right now in the pandemic. Hey, we're going to go on a hike. Yeah. We can stay six feet apart the entire time. And let's do it. We're engaging in activity side by side. And that's a powerful way to start those friendships. I think at some point you have to go face to face because you need to converse. You need to have communi- communication to go past that um, initial stage of a relationship right. to get a little bit deeper. But, right. but go, doing things side by side is really good. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think what would be a good challenge for people. Cause we've given a lot of different options for how you could do it. Yeah. What if we said um, that we should do one thing a week to develop a friendship. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's with someone you already know, but you want to say, Hey, could they move from the 120 into my top 15? <laughs> there you go. Uh, this person's already in my top 15. I want to draw them into the top five. Cause I need some people who really know my life and I really know their lives um, and just say, what, what's one thing I can do every single week to push a relationship somewhere? Um, maybe I don't even have any of the people in the 150. I need to meet a random stranger, talk to someone at church and, and say, hey, you know, what are you doing afterwards? You want to go grab um, uh, Chipotle? You can take me out to Chipotle anytime if you are um, <laughs> listening to this. Um, there you go. <laughs> but, um, you know, the point is, what if we did one thing a week to push in? Do you, do you think that'd be a good challenge for people? I think it's a great challenge. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, maybe maybe you're one of those people that's just loaded with friends. You're like, I got my 150, I got my 50, got my 15, got my five. And maybe for you, it's like, maybe it's time to go out to someone and connect with someone that you never connected with before. Because who knows, they might be that person that is searching for, yeah, even somebody in their 150 searching for that friend. Um, I think that's a great advice to do something each week to deepen your relationship with people. Because another thing that, that Dunbar goes into is that there, there is a direct relationship. There is a correlation between the investment that you put into relationships and the closeness of that relationship. Sure. That the more you invest, that the more you put in, the more work you do, the more you reach out, the more that you say that you're thinking of them or whatever that looks like, the closer that relationship will become. That's good. Yep. Uh, you reap what you sow. You know, it's not only true, it's biblical. It's biblical. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Walk with the wise and and be wise, as we talked about last week. 
Um, you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Let's get some good friends. Um, let, let's focus on that. So thanks for listening this week. If you have questions, comments, thoughts, if you took a step with a friendship, if you need just courage and you want us to pray mm-hmm. for you, so you'll uh, ask a friend out to hang out. There you go. Um, let us know. We would love to pray for you, encourage you, hear your thoughts. Um, you can email me at mwolf at arisedenver.com or sawyerstrap at arisedenver.com. We love hearing from you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening. This is Sawyer Trapp again, associate pastor here at Arise Church, Denver. We want to encourage you to do three things. First is to subscribe to make sure you're getting the podcast each and every week to help bring God into your 10,000. We'd also love it if you would share this, if you would make this not only a part of your life, but a part of somebody else's. And then finally, if you are benefited by anything that we do, either as a church or on this podcast, we would love it if you would give. You can do that at risedenver.com give to continue to support the mission and impact that we're having on this community and in the lives of the people of our church and those discovering us for the first time. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.